Welcome to Family Twist, a podcast about relatively unusual stories of long-lost families, adoption, and lots of drama. I'm Corey. And I'm Kendall, and we've been partners for over 16 years. Welcome back to Family Twist. Thank you for joining us again. We have some very great guests today. I did a little pre-interview call with them a couple of weeks ago. It's a wonderful story. We have full sisters, Christina and Eileen, although... It hasn't been very long that they realized they were full sisters. Is that fair to say, Eileen? That is correct, yes. How long has it been since you two found out about each other? Well, it's fair for me to say that Christina knew about me before I knew about her. I've known about her and our other sister, Julia, since June of last year, so like a year and a half at this point now. Christina, this all sort of came out through a day-day test, right? Yeah, my sister Julia did um, 23andMe several years ago and and then called me last Christmas and said, hey, it looks like we have a niece out there that we never knew we had. And so I got on 23andMe and found out I was related to this niece as well, but we had no idea who the mother of this or father, we didn't know if there was a brother or sister out there. And so that started the the digging to try to find out where this niece came from and what, who this sibling was that we had out there that we didn't know about. So Eileen, um, your daughter is the niece that was on 23andMe. And uh, why was she yes. on there? Why did she do the test? Well, she, she's the middle child of my five. Okay. And she is a pharmaceutical student at UC San Francisco. And it's a big deal, I guess, in her generation and in the field that she's in to know about medical, you know, family medical history. And so she was just doing the research. I guess a bunch of people in her class were just doing research on family background medical history. And so when all these unfamiliar names popped up as being related to her because of 23andMe, you know, Christina's name, Julia's name, and then our Aunt Theo's name and our Aunt Anna's name, and all these names popped up. And she was like, okay, whatever, I, I have no clue who these people are. So she never told me. She did this like two, almost two years ago, October, and she never told me any of the results. Um, and so that's when Julia found out about having the full niece and told Christina, and then they started stalking me or trying to find me anyway and stalking me primarily on Facebook. And that's when they, you know, they reached out to Daniela, my daughter who did the DNA test, and she First of all, it was through 23andMe, they were trying to reach her. And first of all, doesn't get on 23andMe all that much. And then when she started getting messages, she thought, you know, this is weird. I'm just going to ignore these people. It's kind of strange. So she never really got back to anybody. So as far as I know, I think their search kind of hit a dead end for a little while. It was in June of last year that I got contacted by Nick, who sent me this huge, long text through Facebook Messenger. And I, at the time, was in Houston visiting my oldest daughter who had just had a baby. And so I was being grandma and going and hanging out with my grandkids and with my daughter. And I get this text. We're sitting at her dining room table. For clarification, Nick Sheedy is a professional genealogist. He was, has been a guest on this podcast. And he's somehow related to you, correct, Eileen? Julia. He's related actually to Kevin. Okay. He's like like a 13th cousin or something to Kevin. So they have a very distant family relationship. So Kevin 
my my brother, our brother-in-law, Kevin, and Nick are very distantly related and they're friends and they're genealogy nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it's good to be a, a nerd and then be able to make a living out of it. Too, so. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I get this very, 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 very long message from Nick Sheedy about a family that I never knew about, about parents that I never knew about. He knew so much information about me that I was blown away. I'm like, how in the world is he getting all this information about me? So I shared this text, you know, I'm sitting right next to my daughter at the dining room table. So I shared this with her. I'm like, Rachel, what do I do with this? And she reads it and her eyes just pop open huge. And she's like, mom, this is a scam. Just ignore this. This is weird. This is a scam. Share this with dad, but don't don't respond to this guy. So I didn't. Turns out my husband got the same message, actually, and so did my daughter, Daniela. So that night, I was talking things over with my husband. Like I said, I was in Houston. My husband and I live in San Diego. So he was in San Diego. And he went looking over my birth certificate. And for the first time in my 56 years, because, well, 57 years, I noticed that my birth certificate did not look like a normal birth certificate. I had never dawned on me about why my birth certificate looked a little strange. There's a lot of things that had been blacked out on my birth certificate. There was a lot of things that were blank on my birth certificate. And as we were looking at this, my husband went, I think this is a copy. I, I don't think this is an actual original birth certificate. I think your original birth certificate has been modified. And then this is a copy of your original birth certificate. So at that point, then I decided that I would contact the only person still left living because all our parents are dead at this point. The only person left living was my godmother. So I sent her, I actually started calling her and I left her a voice message and I'm asking her to tell me, you know, the truth about my birth and the truth about whether I was adopted or not. Well, she didn't get back to me until the next day. Danielle and I had a long conversation that night too, but regardless, my godmother got back to me the next morning and when she said... Yes, Eileen, you were adopted. I literally almost passed out on the kitchen floor of my daughter's house in there in Houston. And I just sat there on the floor. And I just the wave after wave after wave of shock, just, you know, I'm 57 for heaven's sakes. I didn't, you know, all parents who knew anything about this all went to their grave without telling me or telling anybody because Christina and Julia didn't know either. Okay, so nobody knew that I was adopted. So it was quite a shock. Never an inkling growing up or anything like that, that, that you were adopted, that it was always never, never your parents were your parents and nothing was ever said. Correct. Nothing was ever said. There was never any hint, never any nothing. Eileen, you grew up just normal existence, no idea did, and your parents didn't have any other children. Correct. I was raised as an only child. Okay. All right. And you have no idea how many times I craved a sister so bad. I don't want to start crying, but as I was growing up, I wanted a sister so bad. And now here she is in the flesh. And it's like, I wish I had known her 57 years ago. My life would have been so different. When you were speaking to your godmother, did you ask her why your parents never told you? Apparently, my adoptive father had... No desire to tell me. I don't know if he thought that I would hate them or something. I don't know. All I know is that my adoptive father told everybody not to tell me. When you were growing up, did you have any friends that were adopted? Did you know any other kids? 
I knew a lot of kids, but I didn't know anybody who was adopted. Not that I know of. I mean, it could have been, and I just didn't know. Yeah. I'm just curious if there was some kind of a, a weird stigma or something that your father had that made him not want to tell you. No, no. Other than the fact that my adoptive father was a little weird, but no, other than that, no. <laughs> Christina, here we are. You grew up with a sister and a brother, right? No, yeah, just one sister, actually. Just one sister. Okay. I don't know about this brother. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's, the, that's the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Please say no. No more. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, this has been enough. <laughs> so no inkling at all that your parents had you know, another kid out there. Nothing was ever spoken of. What was their history that you knew about as far as like, you know, before they got married? Well, and and to clarify, when we first saw the Daniela on 23andMe and looked at who all she was related to, a lot of my dad's side is on 23andMe. So she was related to a lot of our aunts and cousins. And, you know, so we at first thought it was, she was, this was just a child of our father's and we didn't even think that it could be our mother's child. And so, you know, honestly, we, we thought, well, you know, it might be, might be interesting to meet her. We, we didn't really, we weren't as invested, but then one day I got on and was looking and saw that Daniela and I had relatives in common on both sides. You know, some of my mom's relatives were also her relatives. And that threw us for a loop. Like, how like how can this be possible? And then that's when we contacted Nick Sheedy, who helped us look at all the, you know, possibilities. You know, he said, well, maybe your dad got together with one of your aunts or maybe one of, you know, it was it was crazy. And then he said, but the most likely explanation is that your parents, is, this is a full sibling out there and you know, child of both of your parents. We, we found a photo of our parents together in 1964, right? 63. Or 63. 1963. Yes. Okay. So it was, she was pregnant with me in that picture. Yeah. So they were, so they obviously were dating back then, but we know they didn't get married till 1967. And we know they broke up off and on a lot. And when we traced also Eileen's original birth certificate, there was a different father's name on the birth certificate. So either our mom didn't know who the father was or I, I, we don't really know, but we really believe she never told our father. And we honestly, she never told anyone. So that's crazy. <laughs> but there's, we can't find anybody who knows uh, that she would ever, was ever pregnant and gave up a baby. How did she hide the fact that she had a baby? Did she leave town or? She grew up in Colorado and moved out to the San Francisco Bay Area for a nursing program there. And so it was there that she had Eileen and, and gave her up for adoption. And we looked back through like White Pages accounts of where she lived. And the year that Eileen was born, there's no record of where she lived that year. So I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm sure, I mean, she, you can't hide it from everybody, but she never told her family. And obviously she wasn't around her family. She was in a different state. She didn't tell the roommate that she lived with right after Eileen was born. We asked her, she didn't, didn't tell. We can't find anyone, actually. And that's probably the hardest part about this is yeah. knowing she went to her grave without telling anybody about without it. telling anybody, yeah. So it's interesting. And obviously, you can't ask her, but maybe she didn't think that Eileen was, you know, your dad's. I guess it's hard for me to fathom, like, if she did think that your dad was also Eileen's dad, then why not tell him? Exactly, yeah. Was it a closed adoption? Yes, 
Okay. I guess that makes sense with you with your dad now. <laughs> yeah. Apparently before he died, my godmother would call him repeatedly, you know, and, and ask him, please tell Aileen, please tell Aileen, please tell Aileen. She needs to know. He called apparently she called him several times while my father was dying. My my adoptive father was dying. And he destroyed all records of the adoption so that once he was gone and we were going through his paperwork and stuff, there was no record at all of any paperwork of my adoption. He just some reason had it in his head that he did not want me to know. Took it to his grave. Christina, once you started to put things together with Nick's help, what was the next move? How did you, since Daniela wasn't really wanting to respond and Eileen was a little bit hesitant, like not sure if this is a scam or what's going on. How did the, what was the next move towards you getting to meet? It was an interesting process going through, you know, because you, you have on 23andMe, you, we had Daniela's full name, but we didn't know really who she was. So we had to kind of stalk her on Facebook, find out <laughs> who we thought she might be, find out her mom's name. And then Nick was able to find Eileen's birth record. And then we found a birth record with our mother's maiden name that matched identically Eileen's birth record. So that's how we put the pieces together, how Nick put the pieces together. And then he said, hey, this is super awkward. <laughs> so why don't you let me reach out to Eileen? Because I have credentials. You know, she can look me up and I can tell her the whole story. And then if she's ready, if she wants to, she can meet you guys. So we, we said that was fine. We gave him permission. And that's when he sent the lengthy Facebook messenger message to her, her husband and Daniela, just so they would all see, you know, this is legit and they could talk about it with each other before making contact. Which is exactly what we did. <laughs> I'm like hashing this out with family first before I reached out. What made you think, Eileen, that maybe this wasn't a scam, that this might be legit? What verified it for me was my godmother the next day telling me that, yes, I was adopted. Up until that point, I was still hesitant to accept the truth. So my godmother telling me the next day that, yes, I was adopted and that my adoptive father just didn't want me to know. That was when it solidified it in my head. What was the first contact between the two of you? I think, did, how, what, did, what did we do, Christina? Did we, how did we reach out to each other for the first time? I know I'm, I'm drawing a blank on that. Well, I remember, I think it, you responded fairly shortly after you got the message from Nick and we were, we were talking on Facebook Messenger. So I, I think once she found out our names, then yeah. she looked us up on Facebook and we started, we started messaging each other. Okay. Uh, through Messenger. I was, I had just flown into California. I think I was in LA. Right. I flew in for a wedding and, and she was in, you were in Texas. So we yes. did a lot of just messaging each other back and forth, asking questions, yes. you know, look, stalking each other's Facebook pages. But then our first actual meeting, I don't know if you want to tell that story, Eileen. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. So, you know, during all this, I'm still in Houston, right? Because I'm, you know, playing grandma with seeing my new grandbaby and stuff. So Christina, Lem, and Luke were in California because they were college shopping for their son, Luke. I'm figuring this is a very interesting opportunity, you know, because Christina lives in Tennessee. So what's the likelihood that I'm going to be flying out to Tennessee anytime soon to go see her, right? So when I came home, quite literally, they were like leaving San Diego as I was coming into San Diego. So they were on the road up to LA doing touring, like I said, visiting colleges and stuff like that. And then 
Christina was going to a wedding up in the Sacramento area. And so they were going to be in California for like 10 days. I think you guys were like seven to 10 days, something like that. So there was ample opportunity for us to coordinate a trip. So literally I came home from Houston. My husband said, let's go up and go meet your sister. So like literally almost the next day, I'm packing another suitcase and we're heading up the road to Sacramento so I can meet Christina. And it was kind of late at night by the time we got up there because it's like a nine hour drive from San Diego to to Sacramento. We had so much traffic. It was awful. So it was like 10 o'clock, I think at night before we finally met. And I was... Honestly, I was scared. So I was kind of hiding behind my husband when we walked into the hotel lobby and I was shaking like a leaf. I think you were too, Christina, when we met and we just started crying and hugging. And my husband took one look at us together and he says, oh yeah, oh yeah, they're sisters. Oh yeah. So, and then went, and then just it just went on from there, you know? So it, it it's just been a really fun adventure and I, I'm loving every minute of it. That's great. And that's, you know, it just, it just warms my heart to these kind of stories. And, <laughs> and of course, you know, we can relate with, you know, Kendall's journey and finding his family. And sure, part of the frustrating thing is that, you know, the unanswered questions and, and all of the years miss, but it's like, well, we just got to well, take what we've got now. And, and exactly. Got to move on. But I think the part that makes me the most sad is that because of the fact that our mom, kept it a secret and didn't want any contact with me. She missed out on five beautiful grandchildren because I had five kids and now I have eight grandchildren. So she would have had, well, I don't know that she would have had great grand, great grandchildren at that point. Cause she was gone, but before my kids had started having babies, but she missed out on five beautiful grandchildren, incredible grandchildren. And I think that's the part that makes me the most sad for her, especially is that she didn't get a chance to be a part of my kids' growing up years. So Christina, talk about what it's like to form a relationship with a sister that you never had after 50 plus years. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster, you know, but it's been great. Eileen's very easy to love and fun. And I think that first weekend when we met, she, so I was busy with, you know, my friend's wedding and I didn't get to hang out with her a lot, but we went for walks together and kind of, we, we went deep pretty fast, you know, caught up pretty fast. And the fun thing too, we, we share similar faith. And so we really can just like, there was automatically like this connection is feeling like God had brought us together, you know, and that was yes. like, that was a cool, a cool thing. And then Eileen came to what we had a family reunion on my dad's side of the family over in September, Labor Day. Yeah. Labor Day weekend. And September, yeah. so Eileen came for that. And, and that was really sweet just to connect. We, the three of us, the three sisters got together in Julia's hotel room and just, we had us each do like a timeline of our lives and share like the highs and lows of our life. And just, you know, so we could catch up. And so we each went around and did that. And I felt like that was really, really special too, just to cover all the years that that had been lost. And it's been sweet to see how our aunts and our cousins just have embraced Eileen. It's like, it's like she's always been a part of the family, you know. And my nephews, nephews too have embraced me as well. So particularly Alex, Alex is just, Julia has two boys. And her older son, Alex, is just like, 
absolutely flipped out that he has family and he has gone out of his way to come see me. My daughter just graduated from UC San Francisco. Talk about full circle, by the way, because that's where our mom was, was at UC San Francisco. And my daughter graduated from UC San Francisco with her pharmaceutical degree in May. And my, our nephew, Alex, came to her graduation because he wanted to meet his cousins. Now, not all of my children came but four of my five children came and four of my eight grandchildren came. So Christina got to meet four, all four of my five kids, which is cool because up to that point, she hadn't met all of them. She'd only met Daniela and Joe at that point, but she got to meet four of my five and Alex got to meet his cousins and he just flipped over his cousins. He says, my cousins are the bomb. They're great. It's been cool for him too, to know that he's got a really cool family that he could hang out with and stuff. And so they've all opened their arms and embraced them too. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, I find it incredible that when, you know, siblings find each other, it impacts yeah. so many people, you know, it just, it spreads and spreads. It does. It's that aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, Close friends, you know, they're just, or I'm sure your, your close friends are, were excited for you as well. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Wow. Kendall and I lived in the San Francisco Bay Area for nine years. And I believe mm -hmm. the Christina, the family reunion you mentioned was in St. Louis. Yes. Mm -hmm. where, yes. Where I'm from. <laughs> wow. So crazy. I know. I know. Yep. It, it feels like everybody in St. Louis is sort of related to each other one way or another. So who knows? <laughs> we, we could be 13th cousins. we <laughs> could. <laughs> <laughs> so we also the the weekend we met in Sacramento, I had all my college friends there yes. for this for this wedding. And so Eileen got to meet like five of my really close friends from college too. I mean, it's been it's been a cool process. So Christina, when you met Eileen, what did you see in her that provided your parents? Eileen's eyes look like my mom. Totally. And her, like her coloring is very similar to my mom. My mom had lighter hair. And so like looking in her eyes, I feel like I'm looking at my mom and the way she smiles too is very similar. And then her personality is similar to my father. <laughs> it's so weird. So she's like a combination of, of both of them. It's all, honestly, Eileen is, is more a combination of both of my parents than my younger sister and myself. Like she looks like both of them. Put together. Well, we yeah. talk about you know nature versus nurture on this podcast quite a bit, just because you know Kendall, you know, grew up not knowing his his first family at all, and so we we've talked about some of the similarities between him and his adoptive parents, and he had a wonderful relationship with his adoptive parents, but then now meeting his his dad and his siblings, seeing some of the similarities there and personality traits and stuff, you know, it's uh, I don't think they'll mind me saying they all, they've all got like a very not, they don't have the longest fuse as far as like temper goes. They're not mean or anything, but just they're all a little bit short fused. You know, it's just kind of funny to see that through, through siblings, you know? Yeah. 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 Eileen even has some mannerisms that, that I, I remember my mom having. And it's like, how does that happen? Like they were never around each other. Well, what's interesting is when our cousin Florence is in the area above Sacramento and we actually inadvertently managed to stay a night with them because while we were up there, our car got broken into and we had to stay an extra night and it was a mess and we had to get a new rental car and all this stuff. And it's like I said, a nine hour drive down from Sacramento. Florence has five girls, beautiful girls are just amazing. So they're our cousins once removed, these girls. And 
I'm sitting at the table with them at Rubio's and all of them are grilling me with questions and wanting to get to know me and just going on a lot about questions and stuff like that. And one of the answers I reacted to funny, I don't even remember what the question was, but I reacted to it in a funny way. And Florence, who's our, our first cousin, Florence's husband, Roland, looks at me and he says, that's exactly how Paul would have answered that question. And he says, you are so like your dad. It's amazing. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he says, your facial expression, your mannerism, the way you answered that question, your reaction just now, your, even your laugh was just like your dad. And, you know, and I never knew him, of course. And here I am and I act just like them, you know? And this is the question for both of you. Talk a little bit about your relationship with Julia. So Julia's the youngest, obviously, and she, she has a lot of health issues. So she's kind of, she's been slow to, to just jump into this whole thing. I think she's interested, but cautious. So when we were together, though, I, I felt like she was pretty engaged when we met for the family reunion. And then Eileen's gotten to see her once more since this. But I think, I honestly feel like for her, there's still some bitterness towards our parents, for mostly towards our mom, you know, for not telling us about this. When, when there's secrets like that, I mean, I'm not probably for you too, Eileen, it, it feels like, well, did I, did I ever really know her? Like, you know, like I thought I knew her and there's this huge secret, this huge part of her life that I didn't, didn't know. And I think Julia is probably struggling with that. Yeah. And that's probably why she's a little more cautious as well as just not, not being in great health. I think that initially she was very engaged and was wanting to know all about me. It was grilling me with questions and we spent a long, long lengthy FaceTime together one time in, a, in the hotel room and she and her husband, Kevin, just wanted to get to know me and get to know um, a couple of my kids because I think Joe and Daniela were there at the same time. This is when we were in Sacramento. So we spent some time FaceTiming and like I said, I know Julia struggles a lot with her health. And so bless her heart, that's been probably the biggest factor in her being able to interact at all is her struggle with her health. So I make it a point to stay in touch with her, even if she doesn't get back to me. You know, I just want her to know that she's been, she's loved, even though, you know, I didn't know her until 57 years later, you know. So um, I, I don't, I don't want her to ever feel left out. So I try really hard to keep her engaged in what I'm doing in my life. Even if she doesn't respond, I don't care. I still stay in touch with her. Our lifestyles are very, very different. Very different, you know, because of her health issues, she, she struggles. And I'm very physically active, very outdoorsy person, very involved with my horses. And she's a lot more reclusive by nature because of her health. So I think a lot of it is just she and I, other than our personalities, which are very similar, I don't think, you know, struggles with the fact that we don't really have a lot in common. So she has a hard time relating to my lifestyle. So that I think has probably been the biggest challenge that Julia has faced with this whole thing is just Eileen is very different from me and I don't I can't relate to her lifestyle I keep reminding myself that this is so fresh you know this is just within the last year but I'm curious what yeah what kind of future plans do you have as, as a family my uh, son is is going to school tomorrow at USC in Los Angeles. So we're flying out tomorrow to drop him off. And Eileen's going to drive down and see us or drive up, I guess, up. from San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our, that's an immediate plan. And then my hope is that our son can 
you know, get to spend some time with her while he's only two hours away from her and studying in California. And I still need to meet one more of Eileen's sons. So try to get that somehow scheduled. And then like Eileen's daughter, Daniela, is going to come stay with us in September just for a little getaway. Her daughter, Rachel, and I are going to get together also in September. So, you know, we've got little plans, just connect points with each other. But yeah, just, I mean, honestly, I told Eileen, I don't know when it was, Eileen, I told you this, but I'm like, you're, yeah, we're, this is it, man. We're, we're family for life now. We're a family. So we're family for life now. Yeah. Yeah. It can happen. Yep. We're family. I would love to come out to Tennessee again and spend time with Christina again. I don't know how big Christmas is for you two, but is it, is that something you've talked about wanting to do a big Christmas celebration with as many <laughs> family members as Eileen had, you had one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Christina, was it you guys who had COVID at that point and you couldn't come? So yeah, we had a big family plan all planned out for Christmas or everybody, it would have been nice because almost all my kids again were there. One of my sons is in the Navy and he was deployed, so he was unable to come. But anyway, we had to unfortunately minimize the plans because COVID struck. So Christina couldn't come and then Kevin and Julia decided that they were too afraid of COVID too. And they were actually in the airport when they canceled their flight and just went, turned around and went back home again. So yay, COVID. Definitely the last couple of years have thrown a lot of wrenches into the works for, <laughs> for family. Yes. So I'm curious what kind of advice you would have for siblings or mothers and kids or mothers and kids that are just finding each other for the first time after years and years, like what, how to approach this? I mean, any words of wisdom? Well, yeah, I love the look. <laughs> what does that look, Christina? <laughs> you know, so, some people wouldn't necessarily embrace it with open arms the way I have. You know, I've actually told them many people that I've handled it extremely well. I mean, I'm not going to deny I've had to work through some forgiveness towards both sides of you know, the parental party here for not telling anybody about me that I had to find out this way. But in the long run, it's like, okay, so now I have 57 years to make up and I want to get to know my sisters as best as I can. And I want to do as much as I can to spend time with them and treasure every minute I have because I didn't have 57 years and now I have what's left. And so we have to make the most of it. And I have to just accept the fact that the past is the past. I can't change it. Time to move on and embrace what I've been given and just praise God that I have a family. Because like I said, my whole life, I believed I was an only child and now I'm not. And now I have a family and that just blows me out of the water. Still to this day, just, you know, blows me out of the water. So I think I had a, I have a neighbor who's adopted and I, when I found out about Eileen, I was talking to her about you know, whether we should make contact or not. And she, she, she said she would not respond if someone, if like someone from her birth family reached out to her and it was just, she had a happy wow. childhood. She didn't want it interrupted. And, you know, so I, I think everybody's different, but I guess what I would say is just go slow, go, go at the pace of the least comfortable person, you know? So whoever is hesitant, just disrespect that and go slowly because I mean, Eileen was all in, which is awesome. Julia is not so all in. So, you know, we just let her go at the pace she wants to go. But, and, and I think too, I mean, biological families that you were 
raised with and families that you discover, you know, that you weren't raised with, like, we're all different. Like there are things about Eileen, you know, I'm not a horse person. She is, we have some, some things that are different about us, but Julia and I grew up in the same house and we have things that are different about us. So it's not like you have to have everything in common, but, you know, just kind of exploring, getting to know each other. And I think that sensitivity to the least comfortable person is probably the most important thing because you don't, you don't want to push it on somebody if they're not ready, you know? Yeah, this has been great. And, and I know the story is still fresh and unfolding. So hopefully you don't mind if I check in with you. Yeah, no, that'd be totally fine. Six months down the road, I'm going to have another grandbaby in February. So that'll be grandbaby number nine for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So I'll be in Colorado probably sometime February, March to go see that baby. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I think this is, you know, it's so helpful to people who are, you know, going through this or, you know, thinking about doing a, a, a DNA test and, you know, sort of testing those waters. So I think these kind of stories are invaluable to people as more and more come out. I mean, it's, you can't, we always say you can't, you know, hide DNA. It's, it's the truth. So it's, you yes, know, it is. and sometimes you just get, get something thrust at you, you know, and you have to figure out how to deal with it. So I think these stories are very, very helpful for that. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Corey. This has been fun. This is the Family Twists podcast hosted by Kendall and Corey Stulse with original music by Cosmic Afterthoughts and produced by Outpost Productions and presented by Savoir Fair Marketing Communications. Have a story you want to share? Visit familytwistpodcast.com. All our social media links are there as well.